Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Balls Over the Safety Divisional Playoff Round episode of the Balls Over the Top podcast. We are so excited about the football games coming up this weekend. There are four great games this weekend, and uh, we are so excited. I'm your host, Michael Rock. And I'm Brendan Collins. And we got some great games this weekend to talk about. And I got I just want to know right off the top, is there a game you're looking forward to more than any other this weekend? I think so. I think it's the Saturday night game. Yeah? Yeah. Why is that? Which one's that? It is the Baltimore Ravens going to Buffalo to face the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, that does sound like a great one. I got to say, that's probably my favorite matchup and what I think will be the most competitive game. But I'm also really looking forward to the AARP Bowl on Sunday when we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to the big house, not the big house, but the Superdome, yes, to take on the New Orleans Saints, and that that's just unbelievable. It is. It's an incredible. I mean, it's incredible. The two, the quarterback the matchup alone in that game is insane. I mean, the, just the stats. I mean, the two of those guys combine probably have more touchdowns and yards than maybe every other quarterback in the league combined. You know, I'm just speculating here. Maybe not because Phillip Rivers and Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers, you know, that big three is probably getting close to those two. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's still a remarkable feat. I mean, they're number one and two in yards, number one and two in touchdowns. Mm -hmm. And really just each of their careers – it's almost a shame they're playing simultaneously because they would have each been considered a great of their individual era had they not been. And I mean, yeah. we benefit of it though. We get to watch, you know, not only the two of them, but Peyton Manning with his sword in there for a little while right. as well. Oh yeah, it was definitely iron sharpens iron when it came to the tough caliber quarterbacks and we're going to get to see two of them face off against one another. But first, we're going to talk about a matchup that has one fantastic quarterback, but I can't necessarily say we have two fantastic quarterbacks coming into this one. We have the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. as the really kickoff for the divisional round. First game of the weekend, Saturday afternoon. And we have a nine-fingered Jared Goff coming in here trying to capably lead an offense against a Green Bay team that has been devastating right and i'll tell you what i think each part of that sentence made made it get harder for jared Goff. he's coming in with a wounded hand and has to play to a competent level to beat a very good green bay defense that was just descending into steps of difficulty well and you know we're going to add one more step there because they have to go to green bay oof in January, and they're a Los Angeles football team. Yeah, I mean, cold, and cold weather with a hurting hand already. Exactly. If he's if he's lucky, it'll numb it. But I can't imagine he has too much control as it is. I mean, he was struggling a lot in that Seahawks game last week. I mean, the Rams where he wasn't was, started starting to play, you know, or starting as the starting quarterback. Exactly, and you know, for anybody who missed it, the Rams. Starting another quarterback, he gets knocked out with like a stinger. Almost they they were worried about serious neck damage. He had to get taken off in a hospital, taken, you know, or sorry, taken off in an ambulance, taken to a hospital. And 
Jared Goff comes in, and he was just totally ineffective throwing. I mean, he had two really big plays, a big play to Cooper Cup on a deep ball that he just threw as far as he could, and it was in double coverage, and I was shocked it wasn't picked, but Cooper Cup made a great play on the ball, way better than the D-backs. And then the other one was a screen pass, where we basically threw it as a lateral. Mm-hmm. And it worked. Yeah, and then I think he had a total of like seven other completions the rest of the game. I mean, he really struggled. And I imagine it's going to get worse this weekend. I think Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are a top, 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 top shelf team. I mean, the way that that offense has developed is out of this world. You have one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time under center. It's a you have a good recipe there. You know, Aaron Jones, phenomenal. They they have just... Devontae Adams, phenomenal. Yeah, Devontae Adams, incredible. I mean, you look up and down that roster, and there are people that perform, but the man who makes it all work is Aaron Rodgers, and I think he's going to be the deciding factor in this game. Now, I'm curious. Do you think the Saints are going to be able to run on this defense? Not the Saints. The Rams are going to be able to run on this defense because... Really, they were able to just totally push around that Seattle defensive line. And I wonder if, though, with the bye week, time to rest up, if the Packers are going to be able to do a better job. Well, the Packers do have some offensive line issues coming into this game, which is semi-relevant, especially when you have to go up against the rushing defense of this Rams team. And Rams defense was very good last week. Yet again, the and defense is important in the playoffs, but I don't know. I think the quarterback expertise here just really still gives the Packers quite the edge. So looking at the official lines here, mm-hmm. it is a six-and-a-half-point spread, obviously in favor of the home Green Bay Packers. And we have an over-under of 45-and-a-half, which, based on how defensive that first round of playoffs was, seems a little bit surprising given the weather. I'm inclined to go with Green Bay to win and cover that spread. And because Jared Goff is still banged up, and I don't expect that Rams offense to be firing on all cylinders, I think I'm going to go with the under of 45 and a half. Just because as much as I expect the Packers to be able to score, and they they will likely score some points, keep in mind they are still going against Aaron Donald, going against Jalen Ramsey, and a talented, you know, that secondary for the Rams looked good last week. They made Russell Wilson look pedestrian. So I'm, I'm inclined to think that the Packers aren't going to blow up the scoreboard, but I think the Rams are going to be pretty ineffective against a much more stout defense than that Seattle defense that was really put up a poor showing last week. So that's why I'm going with the under. What are your thoughts here? I disagree with you on that over-under. I think we're going to see north of that. I think having a bye week for the Packers is going to be fuel to their fire. Aaron Rodgers really wants this playoff. He's probably in the one of the best spots right now to take the NFC. I mean, he's got his most complete group of weapons around him, at least, even though they do have their offensive line worries. But Aaron Rodgers adjusts quite well to that. I think we see a lot more points, but I do think the Green Bay Packers do win this game, and they cover that 6.5-point, 7-point spread. It's definitely going to be one to watch, but really, 
I think we pretty much watch all of these games this time yeah, of year. This, this time of year. They're all ones to watch. Yeah. Well, there's no overlap. We're watching everything. Well, moving on, we have really the entree of the weekend. What I think is far and away the most intriguing matchup out of all of them. Baltimore is traveling to Buffalo to face off against the Buffalo Bills. We have two dual-threat quarterbacks. We have two innovative offenses. We have two really impressive defenses. Two really good coaches also. Of course. I mean, Harbaugh's top five, maybe even top three coach in the NFL, and obviously McDermott has really sprouted and flourished into a very talented, very talented or you know, yeah, game-changing head coach. Yeah, impressive what he's been able to uh, to pull off. It's been quite a journey, really, from seeing him go from the assistant coach for Jim Johnson and that Eagles defense in the early 2000s, losing the job here, and then really having that rebirth in Carolina during the Ron Rivera years. It's an impressive trend for him, and he's continuing to trend up, which means deep playoff runs and maybe even a Super Bowl appearance, I think are in the forecast for this Bills team. It might not be this year, but it should be coming up. Tough road, for sure. That AFC is no easy task. So what is one factor that you think is really going to be the X factor for this game? I mean, what does it come down to? I think it's really going to come down to how Josh Allen deals with the Ravens blitz. I mean, this Ravens blitz has been lethal. We saw it shut down. Ryan Tannehill last week, and there's a there's a pretty big possibility that they could do it again to Josh Allen this week. Now, Josh Allen has a little bit more of a reliable down-the-field, toss-it-up-get-mossed type player in the wide receiver department and Stephon Diggs. He might be able to work his way around it, but I, I think how he responds to seeing the blitz from the Ravens' defense is going to be a major factor in this game. What do you think is going to be the biggest factor? Well, as I think it is in almost any game he's played, not only in the NFL but even beyond, I think the biggest factor is going to be Lamar Jackson. I mean, the most electrifying player on the field, and that's no disrespect to Stephon Diggs, who's been phenomenal since being traded to Buffalo. It's no disrespect to Josh Allen, who... I would probably go and say is the second most impressive quarterback out of that draft class. First being, in my opinion, Lamar Jackson with the MVP under his belt. And, you know, this could be a first. We mentioned the weather in the Green Bay game. While Baltimore is an East Coast city, Lamar Jackson in college and the pros has never played a game in the snow. And there is a 50% chance of full-on snow showers during this game on Sunday. Ooh. Or Saturday. I apologize. The game is Saturday yeah, night. Saturday night game. So the biggest factor may not even be one of the actual players or something that Lamar does, but I think it's going to be how he reacts to this potential weather. Given the, his style of play, given that fumbles have been an issue for him, especially in the postseason in the past, it could be a totally different style of game than he is used to if there is significant snow showers. I don't think that's obviously the only factor. I mean, actually, while we don't know how Lamar would play in that, I do think snow, in theory, fits the Ravens better 
than the Bills just because they are more efficient at running the football. And, you know, a lot of that Bills offense relies on Josh Allen's arm. Getting the play action off. The play action, that kind of stuff, which in the snow is much more difficult to do. It's still doable, Mm -hmm. but obviously, especially if it's heavier snow, we've seen it here in Philly a few times, you know. For sure. It can really be disruptive to game plans. And And the tight end matchup from team to team, if we're looking at Mark Andrews versus Dylan Knox. Yeah, I was just giving you a look. For our listeners, I didn't even know who the starting tight end was for the Bills. I mean, last I had followed, it was Charles Clay, but I knew he left. And, yeah, I I heard, now that you said it, Mm -hmm. I recognize the name. But, obviously, even for... Sports fans, not necessarily a household name there. Just me. Yeah. And so that whole package and the weather, even though obviously Lamar Jackson coming out and totally not knowing how to react or or being totally unprepared for it would go against this theory, but it seems as though the Ravens' offense is more built to deal with heavy snow or averse weather than the Bills would be. I didn't mean to make this whole conversation about the weather. I know you asked me what my favorite, what I thought the X factor would be. Mm -hmm. But I thought it went hand in hand, and really I I think the spotlight, as always, rain or shine or snow, is going to be how Lamar Jackson... Oh, yeah, so you're... uh, Can we just clarify, you are picking an act of God for being the largest X factor in this game. No, I'm saying it doesn't matter what the weather is. Lamar Jackson... Unless you're calling Lamar Jackson an act of God, which I wouldn't necessarily disagree with. I think Lamar Jackson is the X factor. I think Lamar Jackson playing well means the Ravens upset the Bills and take this win. I think Lamar Jackson playing poorly and being stifled by this defense means the Bills take the win and face off against likely the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. But we'll be getting to that game in just a moment. Yeah. That's fair, but Bills are barely favorites in this game. Yeah, it's a really close spread. It's a two-and-a-half-point line. It's less than the home line. So if you think about it, the home team normally gets the three points. Now, obviously, they might even be cheapening that slightly because of COVID, and it's not going to be a full home field advantage. But even the limited fans that were in that Bills stadium this past week were rabid. Exactly. So... It's definitely going to be a close one. The over-under is set at a whopping 50-and-a-half, which Mm. seems high to me, especially given the potential weather effects. I'm inclined to go under just because these are difficult defenses, but who knows? I mean, both explosive offenses. Yeah, and snow can make things very sloppy, which can lead to quick points. Exactly. Turnovers, muffed punts, all sorts of issues. Also sometimes takes the kicking game out of things, which can lead to shortened fields or going forward on fourth, which would lead to sometimes seven instead of three. So a lot of things that could go into this game. But my gut is going with my Baltimore Ravens. Uh, My boy Lamar, really, it's not even... If they announced he was out of the game tomorrow, obviously I would be all in for the Bills to win this game. You don't think Reggie 3 can do it? No, and honestly, I think of late they've been going with Trace McSorley. Now, I know RG3 was banged up, but I don't know if they ever actually reinstalled him as the backup because I know they actually were pretty impressed with how well, McSorley Trace got did. banged up. 
pretty yep, bad, too. But I thought that was a head injury, which he would totally be out of protocol by now. Oh, I thought it was I'm a leg mistaken. injury. Interesting. Re- Regardless, it's, he's not it's Lamar's a in. smallest factor. So, yeah, yeah I, I really think the Ravens do pull this off. I think this is a coming-of-age moment for Lamar. I think that this is, you know, as, as funny as it sounds, though, this, this is his third postseason. I think that's significant. You know, I know it's Josh Allen's second, and they both just got their first wins. But this Baltimore Ravens team as a whole, I feel, is more equipped, more playoff-ready, and that's why I'm inclined to go with Baltimore here to get the upset on the road. And I'm going to go with that under just because that weather... In my mind, I think the weather's more likely to keep them out of the end zone than it is to have them scoring. What are your thoughts there? I think the snow and the sloppiness can lead to quite a bit of points, but I don't think it's going to happen in this one because I think these two teams are really going to have to get it done on the ground. I think it's going to be a very heavy trench game. Both offensive lines and both defensive lines of this team are quite impressive. I think it'll be quite a stalemate. But I am picking the Buffalo Bills in this one. I'm picking them money lining against the spread because I feel good about this Bills team. They already impressed me last week. And i got to say, there's no reason not to feel good about them. I definitely was on the fence, and you know, I said last week I almost hoped these two teams didn't end up playing each other. I would have liked to have seen maybe even each of them get a shot at Kansas City, depending on how the first one went. But, you know, had Pittsburgh taken the win over Cleveland, we would have seen a Pittsburgh versus Buffalo matchup and then Baltimore going to Kansas City. And, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of the playoffs, I felt Baltimore, Indianapolis, or the Bills would be the candidates to dethrone Kansas City out of the AFC. And I still think it's possible, you know, I I like whoever wins this game possibly next week. I got to look at how the Chiefs look in their Sunday game. But the Bills are a very good team, and it wasn't an easy call picking the Ravens. But why don't we take a gander at those Sunday games? And the first matchup on Sunday is the AFC matchup we were just talking about. The... Upset special, the Cleveland Browns, after really putting a dent in Big Ben's postseason hopes and making him ponder retirement. And nicking up his immaculate record. And ego. They're going to travel to Kansas City for another, basically a challenge at slaying a giant. This Kansas City Chiefs team has been rolling the last few years, ever since Patrick Mahomes took over, and they have no signs of slowing down. Andy Reid has an incredible record coming off of bye weeks. They're hoping to build upon that against this Browns team that I think right now is just riding high on cloud nine just for the fact that they're in the postseason. But there's no denying Baker Mayfield took some big steps this year Mm -hmm. and really proved a lot of naysayers and haters wrong. Well, and the Bills also might have a coach and some stability in that team, which has been absent for a very long time. Yeah. Browns. You said Bills. But. Brown, did I say Bills again? Oops, yeah. My bad. So it's there's going to be some factors here. My question is, do you think the Browns are able to kind of 
dictate the tempo of the game the way that they have not only just last week, but kind of this last half of the season as they've made the playoff run and, you know, very run heavy, very possession heavy, creating turnovers. Or do you think they're going to be just outmatched by this Kansas City team that usually doesn't let teams do that? Even if you do control the clock, they'll hit a Tyreek Hill touchdown right away. Or they don't turn the ball over that much. Yeah. Uh, Chris Jones plugging up the middle of the line for the Kansas City Chiefs is going to be a very tall order against Nick Chubb and the offense that the the run game that the Browns have been able to develop. I think it's a tall order to see the Browns coming in here having the offensive effectiveness on that, you know, with their run game and trying to control a clock against a Kansas City team that can just score volumes upon volumes of points. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. I really don't think this game is going to be much of a contest. I even said last week that whoever won that Cleveland versus Pittsburgh game was going to be eliminated the next round by whomever they were playing. The upside to this Kansas City team and the way that they do everything correct. Offense, defense, special teams. I can't believe these words are leaving my mouth, but clock management on an Andy Reid team. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you have, I shouldn't even say probably, pound for pound, the most talented person in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes. I mean, maybe Aaron Donald. Yeah. Maybe. But... Patrick Mahomes does thing does things in the quarterback position that would even make Aaron Rodgers jaw drop. And I think before that, Aaron Rodgers was the guy that people pointed to it like, wow, he does things that nobody's ever seen before. And Mahomes just took that one step further. I don't know if it's the baseball background. I don't know if it's just the freak athleticism or if it's just the perfect marriage with Andy Reid and the weapons that they have. But, yeah, or just the attitude and upbringing. Who knows? But... We can hope it continues, but he's just been a highlight reel his first three years and done nothing but break records. And, you know, his touchdown-to-interception ratio is laughably good. His winning, his record as a starter is insane. The amount of yards and touchdowns he puts up are on pace to be shattering the all-time records by the time he's like 34. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's... An incredible job by Andy Reid, an incredible job by that Kansas City coaching staff, and I think that this team is in another echelon than the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, and he's also so well protected by this Kansas City team. offensive line. His mobility alone, too, allows him to escape certain situations, allows him to make difficult plays or make impossible plays seem possible. So there's a lot of factors as to why I'm picking Kansas City to win this game, but I'm going to. And I'm also going to do it against the spread. We didn't mention it yet, but this is the only game of the weekend to have a double-digit spread. And I think they're still going to cover it. I, I expect this to be a demolition job. I expect the Chiefs to come out and say, "Every you're all afraid of us, and you should be. I think Travis Kelsey's going to go off. I think Tyreek Hill's going to go off. I think we see Edwards Hilaire make some noise. I think this Chiefs team dominates the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. We also have an over and under of this one at 55. That's what I have. 
What do you have? It's actually, f- I have 57. 57. 57 and a half. Ooh. So that seems really high to me, but you know what? I'm actually thinking they hit this. I think the Chiefs are putting up 35 to 40. And I could see Cleveland putting up 17 to 20, you know? And I think in that realm, we end up hitting that 40 or 57 and a half. I know that's really high, but this is a Chiefs team that could, you know, put up 28 and a quarter. And it's a Browns team that did just put up 28 and a quarter. So. Brown's defense is bad. We saw them let that Steelers team back into the game this past weekend. I have no reason to believe that there will not be a lot of scoring in this game. I'm I'm with you. I do think Kansas City wins this one on the money line, but I think the Cleveland Browns cover this 10-point spread. I think the I think they're going to die on their feet in this one. I think they're going to try and go toe to toe. I think we're going to be impressed by the Browns, but I don't think they wind up finishing the job. And I'm doing the rare picking one team, picking the other team, and hitting that over because I do think it's going to be an absolute shootout, slugfest. Great offensive game. Well, we are going to go into the final game of this weekend and what could be the final game for whoever loses at least whichever quarterback loses. We have the Goats facing off against each other. Tampa going to the Superdome to take on the New Orleans Saints. And I got to ask you right off the bat, head coaches to the wind, rosters to the wind, play calling to the wind. If you were head coaching, you got to implement your own game plan, whatever. Are you taking Tom Brady or are you taking Drew Brees? I'm taking Drew. And I'm taking Drew because I think he has just a certain next level to him where he brings out the best in his other people and the people around him. And I don't know if Tom does that as much as the systems that Tom works in bring those people success, if that makes sense. I feel like Drew Brees develops his own rapport, his own connection. He has his own factor where I feel like Tom is very, once he's within a system that grows, that works around him is when he flourishes. Yeah, I would be inclined to agree with you. I strongly just prefer Drew Brees in general, but also the style of play I think there's more demanded by Drew Brees. He has to fit balls into tighter windows. I mean, there are many times that the play is a third and seven, and it's, Drew Brees, you're squeezing this ball into a eight-inch by eight-inch box that Michael Thomas has got to catch it in. You very rarely see Tom Brady called upon to really fit the ball in, you know, to thread a needle. It's usually a system that, leads to a receiver being wide open that Tom Brady just gets to hit. Or, or, you know, not necessarily wide open, but there are routes, there are plays, there's separation usually included in the play that Tom is able to take advantage of. Where with Drew, sometimes he, he needs to work a miracle and he still finds a way to do it. I mean, and the way he had to adapt being the shorter player that he was. The vision he had to have and the trajectory he had to put on that ball... Mm-hmm is really just such a beautiful pass and such an unbelievable 
Like, he might have the best throw out of any quarterback ever. But moving on, there's a lot more to this game than just those two players, as much as the media will try and tell you otherwise and the narratives. We have a great matchup, a divisional matchup, and one that only has a three-point spread. The Saints are given the home three points, but honestly, this game feels like it could go either way. Both teams are kind of rounding into a somewhat relatively healthy part of their season. Michael Thomas is back finally for the Saints. Alvin Kamara is back from the COVID list. And Drew Brees looks the best he's looked since taking that gruesome hit Mm -hmm. earlier in the season. And on the other side of things, Mike Evans is back from that hyperextended knee. Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones are both healthy in the backfield. And then also Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, also looking pretty solid. Yeah, Tom and Antonio Brown is working out pretty well for them. Buccaneers are also going to be activating Devin White for the first time in several weeks. He was their leading tackler and sack getter of the regular season, so they're going to be looking to get him back. That's obviously a big boost. That's a The speed boost. he has at linebacker will likely be invaluable. Yeah, it's disruptive. When trying to stop a game plan that includes Alvin Kamara. I'm inclined to think that the pass rush is going to be the biggest factor of this game, and that's on either side. Yeah. Both of these quarterbacks, especially at their advanced age, don't have the mobility to escape pockets. And they're both kind of quick-triggered to throw it away. They don't like taking those hits. Drew especially just got a reminder as to why. And I feel like really ever since Tom Brady tore his ACL, he's always been quick to just dump the ball off to avoid the hit. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be whichever side can get the predominant pass rush. I feel like that Buccaneers defensive line is full of big-name free agent signings. And then you have the Saints, who are still anchored by you know Cameron Jordan and that pass rush from the edges that still seems to always get home, even though you know it's coming. We have an over-under of 51.5, which I think is just about right on the nose of what I would have expected. So I'm curious. What are your picks for this? Before we get to that, I want to bring up one little more, just an extra little X factor in this game. Who on the Saints defense has won against Tom Brady in the biggest game? Well, there's two big players on that Saints defense. First that comes to mind is obviously Malcolm Jenkins. And Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins does have a little bit of Tom Brady's number. He's caused him problems in the past. Team that up with this defensive line, second best of the regular season. Continued to play very well against the Bears last week. I mean, the the defensive line looked awesome last week for the Saints. The other one was, by the way, Patrick Robinson, the other Eagles Super Bowl winner. I believe is still on that roster as their slot corner. That's not all. They have Marlon Humphreys, who I argue is a top three corner in the league. I mean, it's a talented Saints defense. Lattimore. Yep. And so they're definitely a good team. And I misspoke. Marlon Humphreys on the Ravens. Okay. I was thinking of of Marshawn Lattimore. Okay, yeah, but still. Still up there in the top five. You know, I expect this Saints team to show up on defense and try and disrupt Tom Brady. But if they're not able to do that early, and if Bruce Arians is able to crack that, because obviously Bruce Arians is a very good offensive head coach, it could be a real chess match. Yeah, Sean Payton's no slouch either. I think the Saints get this one. I think they 
cover that was it three and a half points? I've got that it's here. A three even. Three even. I think they cover that three even spread. This over under. I have it right here. It's fifty. What do you have? I had fifty one and a half. Fifty one and a half. I'll say over, just because I hope I hope that's how the game goes. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you across the board here. I thought the Saints were going to get the job done. As a matter of fact, I thought you were going to be on the other side of this one. But I, I think the Saints do get the job done. I think that they are a more cohesive team who now is going to have dealt with how many straight years of losing in the playoffs. I mean, it's really it's really been... I can't remember the last time I feel like the Saints haven't been good. You know what I mean? Especially mm-hmm. since this Kamara came to that team and really Michael Thomas I mean, emerged. Pretty much since Katrina. Yeah, and so... I'm inclined to think they get the job done, and, and I agree with you. I think we see the over because these are two quarterbacks that I don't see laying an egg. I, I, you know, It's a divisional matchup. Both these teams have played each other. I believe they split, and so there's just so much implication to this, again, with the legacies, with the fact that these two haven't really gotten to face off in the playoffs because they would have had to have been in the Super Bowl, and I think the fact that they're at home is a big factor. So I'm going to go with the Saints. I think they do get the job done. I agree with you across the board. And I'm just excited for the game. Again, that's one where I prefer the Saints win, but really I'm happy no matter who wins, and I'm excited for that NFC Championship game, which I imagine will be Packers versus whomstever wins this. So mm-hmm. It's also funny. This was a Week 1 matchup, wasn't it? Saints it, versus... It was actually the NFL season opener, if I'm not mistaken. It's very funny that they closed the... Uh... Some of these divisional, or yeah, divisional rounds, off with the one they opened the season or with. Fun coincidence. Well, I think that just about wraps us up for this week. We have a lot of great games to look forward to, not only in these football matchups, but the return of hockey tonight. Oh, it was so good. We have a lot of basketball, even though the whole COVID world is, or COVID is just rocking the NBA world right yeah, now. It's forcing a little bit of an implosion. And European soccer is back in full swing. so And it's been electric. So we are going to have a great show for you coming up next week, and we hope you enjoy your football this weekend. Yeah. As always, you can find us on our socials at at B-O-T-T podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And this podcast is available everywhere you can get podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio.com. Anywhere you get your podcasts, we're available. And... If you want to leave us a review, give us a good rating. We appreciate it. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, we'll get back to you. Bye, everybody.